Good evening, this is Mandy Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News. Mitch Mortfett, Assistant Director of the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation, identified the suspect in the active shooting at Perry High School this morning as 17-year-old Dylan Butler, a student at Perry High School. Mortfett said at 7.37 a.m., law enforcement responded to an active shooter event at the high school. Perry police officers responded within minutes. They immediately made entry and witnessed students and faculty either sheltering in place or running from the school. Once inside, they located multiple individuals with gunshot wounds. Officers immediately attempted to locate the source of the threat and quickly found what appeared to be the shooter with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. As additional officers responded, a systematic approach search of the school took place. Officers located during the search of the school an improvised explosive device. The state fire marshal and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms rendered the device safe. Numerous officers from multiple agencies were able to secure the school and verify no additional threats. Mortvet said Dylan Butler was armed with a pump-action shotgun and a small-caliber handgun. Butler had made a number of social media posts in and around the time of the shooting. Law enforcement is working to secure those pieces of evidence. All evidence suggests Butler acted alone. There were six victims. One of them is deceased. That individual was a sixth grade student at Perry Middle School. The other five are being treated at area hospitals. Four of the surviving victims are students, and the fifth is a school administrator. Mortbet said the law enforcement response was swift and immediate. Roughly 150 officers from local, state, and federal agencies responded within the hour. The investigation into today's tragedy is ongoing. And Governor Kim Reynolds has ordered all flags in Iowa to be lowered to half-staff immediately today and remain at half-staff until sunset on Sunday in support of students, families, teachers, and staff at Perry High School and the Perry community. Our hearts are heavy today and our prayers are with the Perry community. This strikes at the heart of everything that we hold dear. This senseless tragedy has shaken our entire state to the core, and I want this community to know that every Iowan stands with you. Flags will be flown at half-staff on the state capitol building and on flag displays in the capitol complex. Flags will also be at half-staff on all public buildings, grounds, and facilities throughout the state. Individuals, businesses, schools, municipalities, counties, and other government subdivisions are encouraged to fly the flag at half-staff for the same length of time as a sign of respect. Iowa State Patrol Trooper and District 4 Public Information Officer Shelby McCready says about two years ago, the Iowa Governor's Office established a Governor's Safety Bureau under the Iowa Department of Public Safety. What their primary role was was first of all to go out to all the public schools across the state and do uh, safety assessments, um, essentially looking for vulnerabilities in the schools that could lend to some sort of, you know, um, easy access, shall we say, for um, an active attack. McCready says the second thing they did was acquire funding for emergency radios to put in the schools, giving them direct communications with law enforcement in the event of a situation. The radios that were provided by the state, you know, two years ago or a year ago, um, that is how law enforcement was notified today. So the process worked 
um, in the way that it was supposed to, which was also very beneficial because it allowed immediate um, notification to law enforcement when the incident unfolded. Trooper McCready said the third thing the Governor's School Safety Bureau did was provide opportunities for schools to request active shooter training. What that does is the Iowa State Patrol, as well as other law enforcement agencies, go into the different school districts who request it, and we actually teach um, active armed encounter, which is essentially um, run-hide-fight when you break it down. But a lot of schools have taken advantage of this opportunity, and so we've been doing a lot of the training um, to try and prepare educators um, for such a situation that took place today. Trooper McCready says when teaching this class to educators, it is not a matter of if it happens, but of where or when it happens. And obviously, you know, we have the answer to that now because this is technically the first mass casualty active shooter event at an Iowa public school. Um, You know, I used to tell people Iowans feel pretty immune to this, but Iowa lost its innocence today. Um, with the events that took place in Perry. Trooper McCready says another thing she teaches is to prepare mentally. My catchphrase is, the body will never go where the mind has not been, meaning you have to allow yourself to play the what-if game. You have to be analytical of not only your facility, your building, but your classroom. You have to know the classroom really well. Um, You know, do we have access to the outside? Do I have a door that opens in or out? Do I have an ability to block the door? Are there blind spots in my room? You know, um, a lot of things that people can do to enhance their safety in a situation like this, but maybe aren't aware of um, until they take this training. So there's been a lot of work done on the part of not only law enforcement, um, the governor's office, the Iowa Department of Public Safety, to try and educate people to the best of our ability to deal with a situation such as what took place today. Meanwhile, the governor's school safety bureau unveiled a safe and sound app, an anonymous reporting tool for students, teachers, parents, and community members to help identify and provide intervention for students in crisis before they harm themselves or others. Three new members attended their inaugural Atlantic City Council meeting on Wednesday evening. Mayor Grace Garrett welcomed Ward 1 City Council person Emily Kennedy, Mike McDermott, Ward 3, and Sean Sarsfield in Ward 5. During the business portion of the meeting, the council approved First Whitney Bank and Trust as the city's official bank and approved the Atlantic News Telegraph as the city's official newspaper for publication. Atlantic City Administrator John Lund then stepped to the podium and reported the city's health insurance renewal will come out next week. He said the city is tracking similarly to last year, which rose 6.4%. I'm not really sure what that means in insurance lingo, if that means we'll get the same increase or it's going to be no increase. I don't know. We were 6.4% last year. Um, It could certainly have been worse, but... um, still higher than I'd like to see. Lund received some good news from the local option sales tax figures for November and December, showing an increase of 2.7% over last year. He says the 2023 holiday season brought in $243,094 compared to $236,550 in 2022. Holiday shopping in Atlanta went pretty well. 
One said the assessed valuations rose 25.32% to $402,750,781. Lund said this increases the city's maximum borrowing capacity and drops the debt-to-value ratio, which is good. Lund says that is where the good news ends. He said the city will receive $34,323 in new general fund dollars, which he says is very low for a reassessment year. The fiscal year 2024 budget is a little over $4.2 million. Last spring, the Iowa legislature passed a $100 million property tax cut into law. The new law requires local governments to use surplus revenue to lower their levies. This means if value rates rise, the levy rates will fall. This will cause local governments to sharpen their pencils regarding budgeting. Atlantic Mayor Grace Garrett. We will we will do our best to manage what we receive and um, we will begin to evaluate um, and move forward in doing the best possible budget we can for our city. Lund did say footnote to this will not affect the city's economic development projects this year. He says, yes, this will affect the city's business operations, but the property tax cuts will not affect economic development as far as planning for growth. Fitness remains the top New Year's resolution going into 2024. Katie Saluk has more on this. According to a Forbes Health New Year's resolution survey, 48% of Americans plan to improve their fitness, making it the most popular goal. KSOM News spoke to Tina Olson, membership director and certified trainer at the Nishna Valley Family YMCA. Olson says that setting realistic goals is important to reach success in regards to health and fitness. Well, improving your health is a great goal for the new year. It is achievable for everyone. Um, One of the things that most people try to do when they start off with this is they want instant results. They want it to happen overnight, and they don't set themselves up for success. So the, the number one thing you need to do is set realistic goals. You need to define clear, achievable goals. You need to start small and increase accordingly. Olson says improving health is more than just exercising. You need to stay hydrated. (laughs) Say, you know, the population of today is severely underhydrated. Nobody drinks enough water. Uh, It starts in the kitchen. You need to have a balanced diet, the, you know, nice lean proteins. You've got healthy fats, vegetables, fruits, all of those things. When it comes to engaging in physical activity, it is important to incorporate various exercises into your routine. Uh, Regular exercise, uh, it's important to incorporate both cardiovascular as well as strength training exercises into your routine um, for a balanced fitness regimen. And we have classes here tailored for literally every fitness level. So whether you've worked out your entire life or you are just rolling off the couch, we're here to help you. According to Olson, seven to nine hours of sleep is the best way to support your physical and mental health. Along with sleeping, managing stress through meditation, deep breathing, yoga, or other outlets will help maintain a healthy mind-body connection. Olson also suggested attending regular health checkups and avoiding alcohol and tobacco usage. Olson says some other ways to improve your health include social aspects. Um, Staying socially connected, whether that is, you know, joining a group or volunteering with people, anything where you are out and about with people doing positive things. Practicing gratitude, 
cultivating a positive mindset by expressing gratitude for all of the good things in your life. Um, another really great way is to set boundaries. Set boundaries with your work, with your social media accounts, or anything that brings stress to your life so that you're able to create a healthier work-life balance. Olson also urges people to celebrate their small wins and listen to their body. You know, lastly, you just need to remember um, that it's essential to listen to your body. You need to be patient with yourself and make sustainable changes that contribute to your overall well-being. Always consult with your healthcare professional before making any significant changes, and we're here to help you in any way we can along your journey. The Nishna Valley Family YMCA is located at 1100 Maple Street in Atlantic. If you have any questions, please call them at 712-243-3934. And I'm Katie Saluk reporting. And Cass Health is delighted to announce the arrival of the first baby of 2024. Scarlett Jean was born on January 1st to parents Chelsea and Eli Williams of Atlantic. Surprising her parents by coming four weeks early, Scarlett now shares her birthday with older brother Silas, who was born on January 1st, 2022. The Cass Health Obstetrics team presented the family with a 2024 embroidered baby blanket and a year's supply of diapers. More news online at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Eddie Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News.